Welcome to episode number 225 of the Canadian Football Countdown, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Quarter of the way to three, uh, to the next century mark here, uh, episode 300, long way to go still. Uh, Ryan and Trey here with you tonight, just the two of us. Uh, Trey, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. Um, first day of school, first day of school, man. It's just tomorrow. It's just always a hectic day and got it. Two different schools and uh and we had fantasy draft that we'll talk about in a little bit and yeah just a lot going on man how are you yeah doing not too bad same here very busy time of year uh you know like you said we just finished an nfl fantasy draft like right before this and then scrambling to get ready for this show so it's been a busy night don't quite have the back to school thing to deal with myself yet but uh, uh all the kids uh enjoy the first day of school and enjoy the uh, the start of the new school year and uh parents god bless you uh, for all you do, uh, and hope everything goes smoothly there. Uh, tonight, we're going to preview week 14 in the CFL. we got a couple of rematches, a couple of new matchups, and we'll take a look at the storylines, fantasy players to watch, and our betting picks for each of these games. Uh, we are also live on different platforms, our YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, or X, uh, and Twitch channels, thanks to our presenting sponsor, Game Time TV, which you can learn more about by visiting GameTimeTV.ca or Facebook.com slash GameTimeTVMB. Got a couple people uh, tuning in live. Uh, feel free to send in your comments, questions in the live chat, and we'll take them throughout the night here. Uh, before we go any further as well, we do want to acknowledge that the Canadian Football Countdown is brought to you from Treaty 1 Territory, traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, Cree, Ojibwe, Dakota, and Dene peoples, and the homeland of the Métis Nation as well as from Treaty 4 territory, traditional territory of the Cree, Soto, Dakota, Lakota, Nakota, and Métis Nation. All right, Trey, we, uh, before we get into the previewing this week in the CFL, we did, like we just talked about, complete our uh, Discord League fantasy draft. Uh, for those that uh, don't know, I mean, we mentioned it quite a few times, but we do have a community Discord where we do fun perks, uh, such as, you know, getting to play in the, uh, a fantasy league with us here and there. Uh, don't have the, uh, we don't have any more coming up right now, but we do always have content and stuff going on in the Discord. So if you haven't joined already, uh, a link is in the description to join it for free. We chat CFL, CFL fantasy, betting, NFL, all that fun stuff every week. But we just did a draft. The four of us here on the show, four members of our Discord community joined in. Uh, how'd, you, how'd you feel the draft went? And I guess in general, uh, how are you feeling about week one of the uh, the NFL season starting? Uh, what does Will Ferrell character on Talladega Nice say? I, I'm pissing excellence. That's what I feel like, man. I'm doing good. I, I like it. I like it. I think I, I know you talk about oh you're the lowest ranked team or projected team this or that but that means nothing it's fantasy football you could have the best three players and they all go on IR halfway through the the, the week so we'll see how it goes you how, how are you I know you're more of a CEO. you did you played some fantasy last year right yeah, last year was the first year I got into NFL fantasy, and uh, well, if anybody knows how passionate I am about fantasy football from the CFL side, it should be no surprise that I dove right into it with uh, consuming as much NFL fantasy content as I could, and yeah, I'm all in on it. Uh, can't wait for that first day of NFL Red Zone and watching watching all the games live uh, just for the fantasy impact there, so 
how do you feel how do you feel the difference between the two since we're on the topic like you know is there a difference or do you kind of use the same strategy in both i mean it is, the biggest difference right is probably just that the dual running back systems for nfl teams you're not just picking the lead back necessarily you're Right, you're you're getting deep into a draft and generally picking guys that are gonna, you know, handcuff be a guy that could become a starter if the and a good starter if the bad, you know, regular starter goes down and things like that. So I think it's yeah, it's a different challenge. Obviously, there's more teams to pick from in the CFL. You're rather limited, and potentially depending how deep your draft goes, you're getting into uh, you know, third or fourth wide receiver maybe on some teams. But uh, when it comes to the NFL, you know, we had an eight-team draft. We're probably not going that deep on a squad. So it's, uh, you know, trying to get the best guys and the best teams. You got the tight end position to throw in there too. I don't know. It's fun. It's a different challenge. Uh, I, I like that. I like the both versions. I like uh, having, you know, CFL fantasy are weekly, con- uh, you know, games to fill in the lineups there. And then I like the season long thing, which I think works better with the NFL than it does CFL. Uh, what do you think? No, I agree. I like the head to head matchups a lot better. Um, and the way we have it. So yeah, <laughs> as long as it doesn't turn into a dynasty league, cause those, uh, make me lose hair more, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm having a good time. And as long as Mike and Adam don't win, I don't really <laughs> care. Like, that's all I want. They did get two of the first three picks in the draft. Uh, you and I had the the, the the second last and the last pick, so I think we got the best ones. I That's that's my big thing. Any fantasy draft, any sport, whether it's hockey, football, whatever, give me the last pick in the draft. Give me the last pick and the first pick in the second round, and it, I, I will take that over the first pick anytime. I hate having that first pick, and then all of a sudden you get to – uh you know then what you're picking 20th overall there um love the last pick love having the turn there where you're able to you know fire off two straight picks uh i got what i wanted and just for note for people who are listening that weren't involved mike took nathan rourke (laughs) mike did take nathan rourke as uh as his last pick in the draft yes uh trade bait for me perhaps (laughs) (laughs) oh man Somebody was going to do it. Uh, I was not. Uh, as much as I talked it up, obviously, I was not going to do that. But uh, you know what? Wouldn't be surprised if Mike drops him in a week. Um, yeah, that's NFL Fantasy. I'm sure we'll throw in some NFL tidbits here and there on the show throughout the over the course of the season. Uh, but uh, obviously, we focus most on the CFL. We have a jam-packed show full of CFL content to get to every single week. So uh, I guess let's dive into our first game here. Um, and talk about the Hamilton Tiger Cats visiting the Ottawa Red Blacks on Friday night. Um, yeah, the only game, this game on Friday night, we got a triple header on Saturday. We'll talk about that once we get to the first Saturday game, I think, a little bit there. Uh, but Ottawa is coming off of the bye. Uh, they're playing at home to the Tie Cats, who are coming off of a very short week because they just played Monday. Now they got to play Friday, uh, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. We kind of had this discussion earlier in the season with a Winnipeg-BC matchup that I think was a similar situation. As that's my opening storyline and question for you here is, do you worry about that from the Hamilton side, the short test against the team off the bye? Yeah, I do. I really don't. That's the only downside I have to the CFL. Like I, 
we like these games being spread out and especially with the holiday now throwing them on the monday oh i know you can't go up on what 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 could you do though you know what i mean you're kind of hamilton screwed though you give them the saturday and you put what but yeah, I don't know. You can't really fix it though, but yeah, I think uh definitely gives Ottawa somewhat of an edge, I think a bigger edge than normal, especially being uh um yeah. <laughs> and this one's gonna have big playoff implications too, right? So Yeah, a big East Division matchup between these two teams. Uh um, you know, Hamilton, they looked good the the week before against BC. Uh, then all of a sudden they had to play Toronto and they, they, they look not great. Although they did rally there and they started to put some points on the board, uh, uh, there in the past. I mean, they put 28 points up this week against Toronto. They put up 30 against BC the week before starting to kind of wonder if that change in the offensive coordinator for the Ticats has proven effective because Taylor Powell had his best game. Granted, it's easy to do so against the Argos. Uh, passing defense. Uh, I think he threw three touchdowns in this game. You know, as Hamilton, I'm starting to wonder if Hamilton's kind of this team we're sleeping on that's going to put it together in the second half of the season and make a run for it. The The short week is a struggle for me maybe this week when we get to our picks, but uh, I don't know. Do, do you feel the same way at all about this team picking up steam or, or was it just a flash in the pan? I don't know. I still have the very bad East bias. I don't know. I'm really not sold on Hamilton and stuck with a guy who essentially came in this season as a third stringer, which I know we see happen a lot, but I don't know. But I guess that's Ottawa's kind of in the same boat as well. Um, Is this guy a third stringer or was he just a second stringer? Uh, For Ottawa, Dustin Krem was the fourth stringer. Fourth stringer. That's what I mean. So we get the battle of the fourth stringer versus the battle of the third stringer. I don't know. It's very interesting and I'm still not sold on Hamilton, and I just think that I don't know. But there's not many teams in the East I am sold on either, other than Toronto, maybe. So there's probably not many teams in the league I'm sold on, other than maybe Toronto. So I don't know. I really want to see. I want to see some teams actually put some winning streaks together. And I think what Toronto's the only one really on one right now. So it's kind of tough to see. But that, I mean, that's what makes for great football at this rate. If, if the playoffs were to start today, you have, what, Hamilton going into Montreal because you really pick a winner out of that? That's a tough game. And even in the West, you have Saskatchewan going into BC. That could be a tough game to pick too, right? So, I mean, it's a good thing. For first round, wouldn't it be Saskatchewan going into BC? Oh, sorry for the first round. Yeah. I thought you were talking about the matchup this week. Oh, uh, sorry. I was just talking about playoffs in general. Like, if the playoffs were to start today, it's really tough to pick and – there's a lot of teams on even Edmonton still Edmonton and Calgary are still on the bubble. Ottawa's not out of it. It's great that we're not having a team who's 0 and 12 and completely out of it, right? But I don't know. Are you sold on Hamilton? I know you you I I, I, I no, but I, I'm getting maybe a little more in that direction. Uh like I said, I think the offensive game plan has been better. You know, the defense at times has shown flashes, but but I'm not there yet, and you know, it, it, I, I think if they come out this week and have a convincing victory on a short week, then yeah, I'd be even more impressed with them. But uh, I don't know; they are a team that I feel like does put it together in the second half of the year. Normally, it's interesting though because the East is now this team that, or early season, we were talking could an East crossover happen. Now this week, I think if Ottawa wins this and Calgary wins versus Edmonton this week. Calgary's technically in the West crossover 
now because Hamilton and Ottawa would both be at four wins. Calgary would be at five. So I feel like we've seen the East kind of fall back from that early surge we saw from them. And maybe it's that they've been playing more divisional matchups now, uh, and that's played into it. But, you know, if we talk about the Ottawa side here, this is a team coming off a bye that has looked hopeful this season. Like they've looked good. Uh, they've been in close games so far. I mean, they, they're three and eight, but they've only got a minus, I think it's like 32 point differential uh, in their losses. So that's not, that's not a big deficit there. You know, they're rating games till the end of it, but it seems like they can't get it done for Ottawa. Oh, and five against teams in the division too. three and three against the West, but oh, and five against their own division. And that's the kind of stuff that's going to kill you in the standings, isn't it? No, it is because that's double the ground you're making up, right? If you're being a team in your division and no, but I mean, it could be, it's still going to be good. Ottawa, if you want to throw these random like split stats, Ottawa's two and three at home and Hamilton's three and two away. So, you know, pretty evenly matched there. Hamilton's not exactly taking control of the division at two and five in their games. Right. So, but I don't know. I, I don't know. This one's a really tough one again, because I'm not sold on either team. So I don't know what I'm going to do betting wise when we get to that. And fantasy, I, I think I stuck, stayed away from this one in fantasy. Yeah, kind of. We'll talk about that later, but I don't know. This was an interesting one. Ottawa's favored. I didn't. I. I thought. I don't know why I thought Hamilton might be favored. But again, that's it's basically a pick 'em on a neutral site if you play that three points of the home team, right? So, eesh. I don't know. And yeah. what's the whole? What's the whole drama with the receiver? And Hamilton, you know, so. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about Duke Williams today, who tweeted out that something along the lines of Hamilton, it's been real, y'all, or Hamilton, I'm out, or something like that. Uh, and obviously, there was large speculation. Did the team cut him? Did he walk away from the team, et cetera? Uh, and after the practice, Orlando Steinauer basically went and said, he's not going to play this week due to an injury. And we'll address his status going forward another time, but that he is still on the roster. So that's interesting, uh, interesting wording there that he's used that we'll address it going forward. You know, is he going to be out long term now with that injury? Is he, uh, you know, is it just a couple of weeks there? Seems like he's still with the team for now and he deleted the tweet afterwards, but yeah. Yeah, sounded like uh, fans were quite up in arms for a little bit over that because, you know, he hasn't been the Duke Williams that we saw in the past when he was with Edmonton and broke out in his career. Uh, but he's been decent. Like, he's he's been a decent contributor in that offense so far this year. So uh, that's a hole that the Ticats are going to have to fill. Uh, and I don't know. They're not a team that's super deep at receiver to begin with. Um, so... Uh, we'll see. We'll see who steps in and fills that void there. And you know, talking about wide receivers on the other side of things so for Ottawa, I think the big storyline here might be Braylon Addison making his return to Hamilton for the first time, uh, or I guess home game against the Tie Cats. You know, last game before the bye week, he stepped into the lineup for the first time for Ottawa. Uh, minimal production, but maybe still getting his feet wet. One of those games you have to wonder if he's circling on his calendar a little bit uh, against his former club there. Uh, and th that's a team with Ottawa that, you know, if they're going to go on and run second half of the season, Shaq Evans, Braylon Addison, these are guys that have been top-tier receivers in the CFL in years past. 
that didn't play in the first half of the season. So, you know, are they a team that if they've already been on the cusp of things that maybe you think could get things together down the stretch? Like what, what do they need in order to, they're close every game. Why aren't they getting it done? I don't know. I wonder, I wonder if their salary cap's a slight issue with like is Bo still on the books even being injured? You know what I mean? Like oh, this and is all... for Ottawa though. Oh, sorry, Ottawa, I misheard you. Um I think they're still kind of just inexperienced, right? They got their four strings starter is now their starter. Um coaching staff is relatively still trying to get things going um after being implemented last season. You know, I think it's yeah. I think it's just some lack of experience since the team that hasn't been there before like it's something mike always bring we bring up the championship mentality right that teams teams like toronto and winnipeg have they just don't have that yet because probably the last time most of these guys were in a championship would have been high school if that right Right. so so i think that's kind of where i am with ottawa yeah no that's a great observation there well let's get into fantasy players to watch in this game you've got you said you've got nobody uh in this game you got that's a lie that's a lie i did have i do have butler Okay, you got James Butler. He's on my list as well. I've got a couple of names to run through in this one. So let's start with Butler since you mentioned him. $12,000 for the Ticats running back. He has been an easy-to-lock-in running back for me pretty much every week. This week, I actually do have a little bit more hesitation on it, though, because his worst two games of the year have come against Ottawa, and they have a second lease in the league to running backs. But that being said, I don't think you can ignore the sheer volume that you get from Butler. Uh, for all the flack we've given their offensive game plan uh, over the year, he's tied for fourth in the league in carries per game with 12 and leads all running backs with five targets per game. Uh, so, you know, that's a sheer volume of opportunities. Again, he's the, I always say, 90% of their offense. So I think you still have to consider Butler, even though the tough matchup. I also like uh, quarterback Taylor Powell as a big value play this week uh, at quarterback. $8,000 last week. He was the single top value play of the week with 23.5 points at just $6,200. Uh, career day for him against one of the league's worst passing defenses. And this week, while well, he gets to face the worst passing defense in the CFL, the Red Blacks give up 21.1 fantasy points on average, to opposing quarterbacks, uh, which is insane. Uh, and yeah, his price has gone up slightly, but I think he's still worth the play. I also really like the connection he has with Terry Godwin at $9,500. He's one of Hamilton's top receivers and probably the most consistent one. Uh, he's got eight or more targets in four of his last five games and 10-plus fantasy points in six of his last eight, despite the underwhelming passing totals. Uh, Powell has had so as he continues to get better faces this awful red black pass defense uh, which also gives up a league worse 12.9 to left wideouts I think Terry Godwin's in for a huge day there as well and I do have two names on the Ottawa side also I touched on him already Braylon Addison comes at the low low price of $5,000 for a guy who used to be one of the CFL's top receivers made his debut in Ottawa two weeks ago had four catches on four targets for 6.7 points uh I think the price is so cheap and again could he you know be in for a big day against his former club if you need a value play Braylon Addison could be one to look at at 5k 
in price. And I also like his quarterback, Dustin Crum, at 10000 uh, because they're coming off that bye, because they're facing a Ticats team that could be a little bit tired. And while they did a good job of shutting him down as a passer in those two previous games, he averaged 86 and a half rushing yards in those two games against them. So, you know, again, that defense a little more tired, a little more room for Dustin Crum to have a big rushing day here. Uh, and I think he's worth a look there also. Um, anything else on fantasy or you want to get into the betting odds? Oh, let's get into betting odds here. Um, Ottawa minus three and a half favorites in the um, in the nation's capital over under 48. I don't know. This one's tough because we we're just talking about it. We're not sold on either team. So it's kind of hard to pick a winner. But I am going to go with I'll go with the home team, Ottawa. Um, I'm probably more sold on Ottawa than I am Hamilton which is weird to say. So I'll go with that, and I'll go with the under. I've been going heavy on the over lately, but I think this one will be a little lower. Ryan, what do you got? I'm going to go with Ottawa as well. Um, you know, I I really wanted to – I had full intentions of picking Hamilton in this game until I saw the difference in the, the rest from last week for the both teams, and that's probably the only reason I'm taking Ottawa – because I think I do like Hamilton actually a little bit better right now. Uh, but I'm going to take the Red Blacks in that category. And I'm just trying to see if I can find quickly what the uh, score point totals were last two times these played. Let's see. Hamil- Ottawa scored seven. No, that's fantasy points. Uh, 13 points against them in week five. 12 points. Yeah, it's pretty low scoring. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take the under as well between these two teams. I'm not super sold on their abilities, but points on the board. No, that was good. All right, let's move on to our second game of the week here, uh, which is the Montreal Alouettes at the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, another new matchup, no rematch in this game. Uh, both teams played. Uh, different game teams last week. Uh, 1 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday. First note on this game, I think this is our first Saturday triple header of the season. What do you think Do you uh, about the, that scheduling? Do you like the triple headers? If I was at home, yeah. Um, not ideal on Banjo Bowl Saturday where I'm probably going to be at the parking lot at, before this game kicks off, right? But uh on a north like next Saturday and following Saturdays, yeah, I don't mind it. It's tough though. I gotta pick Sunday or Saturday which to stay home and watch football all day. You know what the miss is. You can't have both days. So it's tough now. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um I, am the I know same you way. like to spread out, but what what are you gonna do? Like you could do two on Friday, but that you have to have a West and an East game then, which doesn't always line up. You can't put them on Sunday or Thursday now. So yeah, I guess that's the big thing that plays into it, right, is that uh, just the time zone differences for a Friday night game. That's an excellent point that you kind of need an East and a West matchup in order to make that work. And Yeah, it's like you need BC to host every week on Friday night or something at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, right? And then, yeah. I'd, be, I'd just be so interested in what the numbers are. What happens if the CFL said, screw it, we're going up against, we're going to keep going Thursday nights, it's one NFL game we're going up against here, 
or even Sunday night, Sunday night football, maybe not that one as much, but like mm. the Thursday night NFL games last year were garbage. Like so many of them were awful football. Yeah, I don't uh, think it's the, I don't think it's the CFL. I think it's TSN. Mm, that would fair. be your biggest hurdle because they, because, because TSN plays all those Thursday night games, right? So, and Sunday games and Monday night games. So I think that's the biggest thing. So now let's say the TSN CFL TV deal ends and Sportsnet or some other party gets in on it a little bit. Do we do we see one of them try to, you know, maybe push to to go head to head with it? Or you still think that's a death trap? The CFL has done a great job with its TV ratings so far this year with the Thursday night and Sunday night games, but now you are kind of going up against this behemoth in the uh, in the NFL. 90 of the top 100 highest rated programs in uh, of 2022 were NFL games, Ryan. Something like that. Something stupid stat. Like it's maybe I'm not completely accurate, but it's something ridiculous like that. We're very like way over 50% of the highest rated TV shows of anything is NFL. And like regular Sunday night games beat NBA playoff or finals and playoffs and stuff, right? So I don't know. Like I just think it's suicide doing that, man. Like it just—I I don't care. The only t- the only company, the TV station that I could see being ballsy enough to do it would be CBC because they're like, "Oh, we don't care. <laughs> we're nationally funded. You know, we're federally funded. We don't care." But even them, I don't know. Could, like, I don't think so. Unless yeah. maybe twelve. Like, unless you did twelve on Sunday. That's the only because I think they've done that a few times. I feel like over the recent history, there's always like a Montreal host a game on 12 on Sunday when the NFL was on. So Yeah, we've seen that a couple of times. Yeah. But hey, you know, they've literally moved the playoffs to Saturdays now too, right? So. I guess if you're going to move the playoffs to Saturday, like if you're going to move your biggest game to Saturday and you're worried about that, right, then uh, yeah, then that's tough competing. Yeah, I think you're probably right on that. So that, anyways, that's how we get these yeah. triple header Saturdays. <laughs> And that's how we get into the the first of these three matchups, which is the Alouettes facing the Argos. Uh, I guess, where do we want to go first with the storylines for this one? I mean, these are the top two teams in the East Division going head-to-head. I believe Toronto can clinch a playoff spot uh, this week. Uh, and uh, facing Montreal, seemingly probably the one team that's most likely to catch them if anything goes wrong. Uh, could the Argos, uh, you know, be putting away the division pretty early here, like we kind of talked about earlier on? It looked dicey for a bit there, where maybe Montreal is going to catch them, but I think this is Toronto's division. Like, I think it's going to take something catastrophic, like Kelly or Olette or someone going down like that, and then you know, majorly going down too. I think, uh, and again, I would never wish for an injury, but if there's going to be a time for an injury, I think Kelly should go down now. <laughs> so he's back for October or November kind of thing. But uh, no, I think this is their division as long as they all stay healthy. I don't think Montreal... No, I, I can't imagine Montreal, and I can't see the other two teams catching them at this point now. But um, yeah, what do you think? Like, I think this is Toronto's team, right? Like, or Toronto's division now. I think so. I think the big thing with the struggle with Montreal is their five losses this year. I believe those have all come against 
Toronto, BC, and Winnipeg. Uh, two losses to Winnipeg, two losses to BC, one to Toronto so far. So I know Mike and I have talked about this, you know, what are the top tiers of teams uh, in the CFL? Who's all in there? Uh, on our, you know, bonus drive home call-in show uh, in the Discord. Uh, and I think Montreal, it's really hard to put them in there because they can't beat any of the teams ahead of them in the standings. So, you know, they'll they'll do fine against Hamilton and Ottawa in those matchups and uh, et cetera. But when it comes time to face Toronto, that's when they've struggled so far this year. So I think that's probably a big reason we get to, you know, what the betting line is, which is minus 10 and a half here, which we'll make our picks for it later. But, uh, you know, for two top teams in the, in the division, it's quite the difference in, like, that's quite the heavy favorites in this matchup. Oh, for sure. And I wonder too, how much do you think? Because I'm one into I, I I buy into a lot teams getting momentum and stuff. So I almost subscribe to the fact having buys late in the season might be a negative. And now Toronto does Toronto have all theirs done? Yeah, sort of. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I mean. They got what ten, nine straight games now, or eight straight games, no time off until maybe probably a playoff buy. Like I think they're going to get continue to get hot. And like I said, I think their only worry is injuries. So, and yeah, that line, like I kind of saw that and I was like, Ooh, that's a big one. Like it's crazy. Cause Montreal's not terrible, you know, terrible team. I put them like a higher team in that second tier yeah. like we were talking about, but yeah. Well, I think you're right with injuries and I don't even know where the injuries is going to cause the downfall necessarily for Toronto outside of Chad Kelly. Cause Andrew Harris can fill in pretty good. Uh, if AJ Olek goes down, you know, wide receivers, I've said this all along, none of the Argos receivers are superstars necessarily, right? Like they're all like solid, solid players, but none of them has necessarily jumped out as a top five receiver in the CFL this season. I thought maybe Curly Gittins Jr. would be that this year, and he's been kind of underwhelming at times, and that's just because they've spread the ball around so much, and you never really know, is it DeVaris Daniels, is it Devontae Coxie, Cam Phillips, Curly Gittins Jr., et cetera, et cetera. They've got a pretty good supporting cast of, of receivers across the board. Um, it's fascinating that this team is this good, though, and you know has allowed so few points on the board. I think they've allowed the least in the league. Granted, they've played at least one less game than everybody else, uh, so you know they're probably close to Winnipeg, BC, and Montreal. But this is a team that has zero pass defense. Like like every team has found success passing. They give up, I think, over three hundred passing yards a game and yet still finds a way to blow teams out of the water. Uh, and uh, they've done that, you know, like I said, with not many superstars, just a ton of really good players. So, uh, and they've got a lot of great depth there too. So, yeah, I have a hard time finding a flaw in the Sargos team. Well, I found that flaw. It's the passing defense. But if anyone can overcome that, it seems like it's them. So, uh, I'm, I'm always worried, though. I'm always worried. One of these days, it's going to break, right? And that's, yeah. that's the same gut feeling I've had with the Bombers for years. Uh, this is a stellar football team, but it had that hole of that bend-but-don't-break defense that you just know it was going to break at the worst possible times, and something's going to go wrong. And I kind of still have that worry for Toronto all the time here, where the offense is is not going to be able to overcome that one of these weeks. And so keep buying that time, I guess, on that. Uh, and they face a good defense in Montreal this week, so we'll see if they can. 
Do you have any thoughts on Fajardo real quick before we move on? Like, I don't know because I've been so high on him, but I'm not, I don't know. He got 300 yards. Like, I'll give him that. That's not exact. That's a nice milestone in a game, but two picks is, unless you're um, Zach Caleros, not many quarterbacks are going to win after throwing two picks in a game, right? So. Well, and we had a discussion in the Discord this week because you so kindly wanted to remind us all about who you put as your top quarterback coming into the year, Chad Kelly. Uh, kudos on that, 100%. But we started talking and uh, reviewing who we put in our top five quarterback lists and trying to re-rank them now. And to me, it's uh, pretty easy to put the top three as Kelly, VA, and Coleros. And I could be convinced of different ordering on some of that, but I think Kelly's clearly number one right now. Then I struggle, you know, who do you put in at four? Who do you put in at five? I thought maybe like a Trey Ford, Dustin Crum in there. I know you and Adam had mentioned Fajardo a little bit. He's not in my top five right now, and it's just the inconsistency to put the points on the board, I think, is where he's struggling most. You know, he has more games this year without touchdown passes than with them. I think he's got four games with TDs and five games without, so... You know, that's long stretches where your offense isn't putting the points on the board. And it's honestly a similar knock I had against Trevor Harris for the past couple of years where he can be a great quarterback and lead you to a big day. But more often than not, he's going to give you yardage but not points. So I think I need to see more consistency across the board from Fajardo. I think he's still the best quarterback on the team. I'm not going to Caleb Evans quite yet, but uh, he's got to find some consistency there. No, I, I agree with that. I just, yeah. I was just hoping to God that he went and performed well in Montreal so it could just be Saskatchewan's fault. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good. And right now, yeah, Chad Kelly has, uh, he ha- he's leading in quarterbacks the average yards per completed pass at 11. So there we go. Yeah. He's just got to I mean, catch up on the games, I think, and then his stats will come back, right? I think that's why he, he's his, his stats are a little lower because he's had the three less games two less games. yeah yeah exactly he's lit it up in every game but he's uh only played 10 so far every other team has at least 11 and teams like winnipeg and bc the other quarterbacks to put in the conversation have played 12 so granted coleros and uh va did both miss a little bit of time uh so that evens it out there a little bit but uh no, hopefully on the Argo side that Kelly can stay healthy here. And for Montreal, yeah, the big story is kind of what we talked about already. Got to find a way to, to play up to your opponent's level, right? And, and get it done against the top tier team there. Let's talk fantasy picks in this game. Uh, well, Chad Kelly has been so good this year that you uh, might even say last week's 20.7 per fantasy point performance was a letdown. Uh, because they put up points in bunches. He's registered three at plus touchdowns in five of his last seven games, both ground and air combined. Uh, and when they face Montreal in week six, he put up 31.3 fantasy points. So they do have a good pass defense. They could force a couple turnovers. He's turned the ball over a little bit recently, uh, but they do struggle against the top team. So I think Chad Kelly is in line for another high scoring week. Uh, he comes in at a price of 13,000. $500. Other Argo I like in this matchup is AJ Olet at 12,000. He's had 12 plus carries and 70 plus yards in seven of 10 games so far this year. Very consistent. Uh, he's lacked in the touchdown department. No rushing touchdowns since week four uh, for AJ Olet. 
Oddly enough, he passed for a touchdown last week, though, which did count towards the fantasy stats. Um, yeah, side note, last week had to make me, made me go and have to go update my whole scoring system in my charts because two offensive players threw for touchdowns in A.J. Olette and Kyron Moore, and then Tyler Sneed threw a pass that didn't go for a touchdown yet, too. So I had to add passing yards in and touchdowns for those guys. Um, but yeah, Olette, touchdowns have lacked, passing volume not quite there. But I think there's something to be said about a running back who just gets such a consistent workload and such a you know solid floor that with a great matchup against Montreal, they gave up 14 per game to running back, second worst in the CFL. There's room for improvement, and maybe Olette does get that touchdown that that makes his total even better. Um, two names on the Montreal side, then I'll go over to you here as well. I like two of their wide receivers. I like Tyler Sneed at 6,500, left slot back against the Argos. Book it every single week. Uh, Sneed is starting to become a critical piece of this iOS offense. Seven catches on nine targets from last week. And last time he played the Argos, he had three touchdowns. So uh, Montreal's got 10 passing touchdowns on the year. Tyler Sneed has caught five of them, so it's half of the team's offense is uh, scoring through the air. He also dropped like $3,000 in price from last week. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty solid value play at 6500 And you know my rule, left slot back against the Argos always pays off because it's uh, the best wide receiver matchup across the league of all positions. And then Austin Mack at 12,100, just based on the sheer volume of targets. 11 targets and 7 catches averaged in his last 3 games. Also has over 100 receiving yards in 3 of his last 5. And just 1 game below 10 points on the year. So you know you're always getting a solid total with Mack. And you know you have a pretty good chance of him uh, delivering uh, a high-end total on top of it as well, which is why I'm sick of Mike having him in his fantasy lineup in our draft league every single week because uh, I can't catch him. Those are kind of the names I'm looking at. Uh, I did think about Fajardo, to be honest, uh, just against this Argos passing defense, but I think there are other quarterbacks at similar price I like better. Uh, either side, I know the Argos are your team quite often. Uh, you got any guys in this one? Yeah, I got uh, Mr. Thor there. Uh, hopefully, he has a hammer again this weekend. Uh, Olette passing for some touchdowns. I actually changed some things up, so I don't have Kelly in right now. I I took a price dip on another quarterback. Um, you convinced me on the last game. You talked about Powell, so you convinced me, so I went that route. But I, I'm going to take the Argos defense. Um, I know we don't really talk much about defense. I know there's that debate. Is it even worth it? <clears throat> in this league and everything, but I don't see Fajardo doing too much in this one. So especially points wise, which we'll talk about maybe in the betting coming up here, but uh, yeah, that's kind of where I got. And I got nobody on Montreal. Yeah. Um, they haven't been, they've been a team I've rarely stayed away from this year in fantasy. Like, I don't know who, you know, I know you mentioned a couple guys, but I just have found they don't fit into my lineup. Yeah, it's very, I mean, it's tough. And you got three wide receivers tops, right? You got or three running backs tops. Not a lot of room each mm-hmm. week, especially with some good options available in some games. Kind of limits you as much as maybe you want some guys. Uh, there's better options out there at times. All right. Uh, betting in this game, interesting big line. You know I don't like those. Uh, what do you think? 
Oh boy. Yeah, I don't really like them either. Um, but I'm going so yeah, we're sitting at ten and a half Ar- in the Argos favor. Games at BMO Saturday. I'm gonna take the Argos. I I don't think this is gonna be a game they completely blow out, but it's gonna be one of those games that seems close, but then they'll get a pick six or a late touchdown or something and put it over that. And I'm actually gonna take the oh I don't know. <laughs> under. I'll take the under. Because even if they win, like say 25 14 right that's only 39 points yeah right so yeah that's kind of where i'm going what are goes and under and what do you like uh i don't like anything really um <laughs> is, that, is that a fair answer a big over under and a big spread i uh... yeah i don't like i don't like that i don't love that I think I will also, you know, I'm going to go Montreal actually on this one with the big spread. I know they haven't performed great against these top tier teams, but I feel like over the past couple of years, Toronto Montreal has always had some weird games where you think one team's favorite and the other will come back. And, you know, they played a game earlier this year where the Argos won that one by eight. Uh, So I'm also going to, normally I wouldn't take this an over on this big total, but it's something about the Argos' offense is, is elite, and their defense also seems to give up a lot of points. I mean, their last three games, we're looking at 41-28 over the Ticats, 39-31 over Calgary, and 44-31 against Ottawa. So these are three offenses that haven't really produced a ton this year that still put 30-plus points against the Argos' defense. So I think I want to take the over here. Oh, yeah, that's a big spread. Hmm. Making good points. I'll keep it the way I have. We'll be different, and we'll go with that. All right, sounds good. We'll see who's right on that one. I had a better week, finally, last week, by the way. I think I got uh, two or three right in both categories. Uh, much better than 0-8. I got to catch up on the standings again. <laughs> you really don't. I don't think people yeah, need to see how really I'm doing great. overall. Yeah. <laughs> this has been an off year for all of us. Yeah, I mean, uh, send them privately to Adam so he can celebrate how well he's doing. But <laughs> All right, third game of the week. It's the Banjo Bowl. Uh, Riders coming to Winnipeg for the rematch uh, Labor Day weekend. And I think he's got it ready to go. <laughs> there's there's Gator. Uh, Trey's dangling stuffed, ga- stuffed Gator the gopher. I, I thought you were getting the Banjo out. Oh, it's somewhere i don't know where it is <laughs> the baby got a hold of it i don't know Uh-oh. but the kids know to punch the gopher too so it's all good <laughs> raising them well trey raising always them well. always if you see if you see this in the parking lot it's my uh hanging from a tree <laughs> no we actually don't park by a tree no more we used to park by a tree uh in front of the soccer center but then my my uncle moved now there's no tree i don't know where i'm gonna hang them from hmm Interesting. <laughs> I have a dilemma now. I got to think about for the next couple days. If that's your biggest problem, I think things are going all right. <laughs> uh, Banjo Bowl matchup between these two teams. I mean, when they went to overtime on uh, Labor Day Sunday, a uh, great game there. Riders take that one in OT. I think 
all of the talk coming out of that one, though, was probably around the Pete Robertson uh, headbutt on Zach Caleros. He earns a one-game suspension for the Banjo Bowl there. Uh, where do you weigh in on uh, that whole situation? The thing that amazes me the most, people defending it. Like, it's just so ridiculous. Like, it's... And you compare it... Okay, the only thing I can compare it to, the one argument I've seen was, what, a few years ago when Andrew Harris pretty much started a brawl in the end zone and nothing happened to him. That comparison I can understand. But the difference was, that's Andrew Harris fighting a defensive... some defensive player who either neither position have any extra protection in football where this is what the two time reigning MOP quarterback, like you're, you can't headbutt <laughs> the quarterback when what the head ref and the other ref is right there. And they didn't even call it initially. Right. Or did they? No, it was, it was a very delayed flag. And I yeah. think maybe the command center called it. Yeah. So, and then I don't know that my problem is with the justifying it that like, to me, this was a problem if you want to say oh football like this isn't like to me i really hate the roughing the passers in the in between the whistles but this is after the whistle i get maybe you're maybe i don't know how malicious it was like maybe he just got excited because and, and caleros was getting in the face of guys too right you saw that a couple times in the broadcast so i don't know if the guy just came in a little hot and got you know maybe a little bit more in the face of caleros than he thought you know and i, I give people somewhat of the benefit but i don't know i i <laughs> How do you defend it? Like, I don't get it. How does somebody that's paid to do play-by-play for the team in this league defend it? Like, I don't understand. I'm just like, I I literally don't tweet up at him just because I don't want him to block me because I want to see the absurd things he tweets about. <laughs> if we, and we all know who I'm talking about. But like, so that's why like when people show that they're blocked, I'm like, oh no, I don't want to. I keep checking because I don't want to accidentally be blocked. <laughs> Because I want to see the stupid things he says. And one game, to me, I think the one game is absurd. I think the one game suspension is for his safety. He's not, And now he doesn't have to travel to Winnipeg where everybody's going to know his name. Everyone's going to know his face. He's not going to be able to stay at a hotel. The second he comes off the airplane, his luggage is going to be gone. You know what I mean? You're coming to Winnipeg. The worst week for Regina to come to Winnipeg. And now the suspense. Like, that, I think that's the kind of where i'm at it was for him more than sending a message i'm clipping this uh this and uh sending it to uh sending it to the, him on twitter uh, i never said blog. his name so prove who i'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> i don't know I but, you know, like, like is that i was i was actually really dreading adam being here and trying to defend it just... Well, Adam <laughs> is in the chat. He couldn't make it. And uh, I'm not to saying the show. He, he, I don't know because I was like, is he going to pull the rider move and just defend it? No. And I'm like, I don't know. Adam himself agreed with it. I mean, uh, we had our live game chat going in the Discord, and I, I watched the game a little bit late, so I didn't get to weigh in until afterwards. But I gave my post game thoughts, and basically every second one of my post game thoughts was Pete Robertson, "What the heck are you doing?" Uh, with the headbutt there along those lines. And I think it's, it was a boneheaded move. Uh, it was obviously a dangerous situation. There's no real place for that in, in football, I would say. Uh, right? Like, keep it classy. I get, it's a, I get it's a heated moment. And, you know, 
part of it, I wonder, was he trying to just kind of get all up in the grill and accidentally took it one step too far that even he wanted to do? Yeah, okay, I could potentially see that a little bit. But you could tell his teammates even knew how stupid it was to take a play there. Micah Johnson's reaction when he saw what just happened, because that very well could have cost the Riders the game. And this is a pretty solid defensive lineman. Uh, Pete Robertson is. I think there's a situation where if they lose that game, he's not even on the bus to Winnipeg, not because he's suspended, but because he's cut by the team. And, and, and I, you know, I would imagine Craig Dickinson probably would have the leash for him there and say, Oh, he'll grow from it. But you know, that's almost a thing where against your bitter rival, you cost a game on a stupid hot headed penalty like that. Like that's worth a benching to me from the, from the team potentially. I'm a bit surprised actually it was suspended. I, I, I was predicting, you know, a flag, a fine, a max fine, and a benching by the team, if anything. Uh, just based on what we've seen from other suspensions around the league, I get why it's a one-game suspension. I agree it is. I'm just actually surprised that they yeah. gave him one. I and the interesting thing, they gave him one so quick, right? Like, it, yeah. normally they wait till midweek. They have their calls then. It was in the middle of the Labor Day games on Monday. Yeah. That I was announced. Because Dickinson didn't sound like I thought he was kind of defending his player too. So I wonder if that's where the CFL was like, oh well, if you're not gonna bench him, we will, you know. And again, coming back, to, I I bet if he didn't play Winnipeg this weekend, it could have been different too. But do you feel the? I know we're gonna talk about this week's game, but I guess it ties in. Do you feel the refs put the whistles away a little bit and the flags a lit away a little bit on Sunday? And and should they in a Labor Day? Like this isn't playoffs where r- rules change. This is still regular season, right? I don't think the even in the playoffs that the rules should change, right? Like, what's well, the point of a rule book if it's selectively? You're right, but you, you get most sports the rules, the, oh, the lines change in the playoffs. But I really don't like it in regular season with a rivalry game, right? And I get these two teams, and it's it's great though when one team was what five and five, and the other's nine and one, and they're still playing each other. Like both teams are undefeated, right? It's good to see, but I don't know, like. The rest of it, I felt like we're looking at each other, and there was a couple catches that seemed to not be looked at that might have been. And I just wonder that. I don't know. What did you see that too, or was that just me looking for things? I don't know if I saw it that much. I mean, I saw this game was scrappy, and I think it's going to be ugly on on Saturday at the Banjo Bowl. Like I, I think we're going to see several scraps in that game, and I think you. You're right that Pete Robertson, you know, sitting out the Banjo Bowl as his one-game suspension, I don't think is necessarily a coincidence there because maybe they're trying to prevent the brawl from happening. It's still going to happen anyways. These teams hate each other. They're bitter rivals. You know, you had bad blood last week. That wasn't the only thing. Like, second or third play of the game, I feel like they were scrapping already both sides in this one. So, Like I said, you you don't see very much emotion out of Kolaros, right? And he was in the guy's face before that headbutt. Right, yeah. he's he's not Streveler who screams at guys when he is running down the sideline or whatever. Right, like he's a different, he's a more composed guy, and he was feeling it, which is fun fun to say when he used to play for the Riders. Right, so in terms of other storylines in this yeah. game, I mean, on the Winnipeg side, my big thing, two big things. One is uh, the Bombers need Janarian Grant back so quick, which is unfortunate yeah. that I just got the thing you sent me from yeah. Eric Taylor. Uh, earlier on in the show that he's going to be on the injured list until October. 
And they've now moved Greg McRae to the practice roster, which, yeah, I kind of agree with that decision a little bit because I don't think he should be back there returning another punt this season. Every second punt, he fumbles it. Uh, They put Jamal Parker in last game. He didn't seem like he could break a tackle. Maybe they're going to give him another opportunity this week. Um, But I feel like the return game for the Bombers is just nosedived off a cliff here. And and that kind of led to terrible field position for a lot of their starts last week, which leads to my second point of better offensive game plan from Buck Pierce, please. I don't think the uh, chuck it downfield every play until you hit a long bomb is an effective offensive game plan. When you hit it, it's great, and that will you know potentially lead to a touchdown for you. But this is kind of what we saw from Michael Riley in his final year in BC, which didn't end up that great either, where it was, I'm not even going to worry about these short routes. I'm just going to huck it downfield. I don't think Caleros completed a pass in the first quarter in that football game last week because he was trying to hit it 30-plus yards every time, and the Riders were defending that. So Buck Pierce is a good offensive coordinator. Uh, I think he has his up-and-down games. But I have to think you have to think he's going to get a little more creative this time around, and uh, we'll see what he brings this week uh, for the offensive game plan. There, I don't know what do you think about that. I know you're critical. You got the whiteboard out a lot of times more on the defensive side of the ball, but what do you think of the offensive game plan? Oh man, apparently I got to keep it G-rated when I'm talking about Caleros now. Um, uh, I don't know. I I. I it, it's crazy because in the league, if you look at maybe not like pure talent, the Bombers should have what the best receiving core in the league, if not top two or three, right? And they have probably one of the best running backs in the league. They probably have a guy in the backup who could be a starter outright somewhere else. Um, their old line is, uh, I think their old line is a big thing, and I'm not, I'm not high on Caleros anymore at all. I never really was. Um, so I don't know. They just. I don't know. They're missing some kind of fire, I think. The fire that they used to get when um, Harris would get a touchdown, jump on the stands, and Hardrick and them are pretending to slam. Like They're just missing that little bit of edge, and I don't know if it came with three straight Grey Cup appearances. I don't know if it's come with age. I don't know if that... You know what I mean? I don't know what they're missing, but it, it just seems like they're not firing all the same way as they have been over the last, what, three seasons? Oh, it's oh, okay. been so long since I've done one of those. Okay, because after last show, when I messed around with my computer, I thought maybe I did something. No, that one was me. Uh, <laughs> he threw me off because Adam finally decided to show up 55 minutes into the show. So uh, perfect timing. Uh, Adam, hello. How are you? That's, hey, that's I'm a big find for showing up to practice late, man. Hey, we're talking about practice. <laughs> not, not a game. Not a game. Not a, not a game. We're talking about practice. How are you doing tonight, Adam? Well, it got a little tough there, so I finally got to shut down with the combines. So, yeah, not bad. But uh had to come on because, you know, Trey here was going and saying how I'm going to be wearing my green hat and uh, saying how good Pete Robertson is and how this is a just unjustified suspension. No, the suspension was well justified. I mean, let's face it, you just can't go and do stupid things like that. Uh to me, I would have almost given the team the option to go and do the suspension first because that almost cost you the game against the Bombers. Uh, but what I didn't like about the whole thing, and I'm not going to defend 
the Pete Robertson's actions. I mean, he he knows he screwed up. But what I'm going to throw my defense on is, come on, Winnipeg, stop crying all day for a suspension. I heard Caleros cry for it. I heard O'Shea cry for it. I heard half the team cry for it. The social media team was crying for it. You're a better organization than that. You don't need no, to cry not. for suspensions. No, we're not. No, we're not. No, we're not. Still, no crying for suspensions. I mean, that just sets a bad precedence for the rest of the league. I mean, that, that, this isn't I, the first time the Caleros cried for a suspension. I mean, even the game against Edmonton, he had a few words for the guy that hit him there, and he was upset about it, and he wanted something done. Uh, this one here, like I say, Winnipeg, no. Don't cry about that. You've done things just as bad on things. But, again, let's face it. You see Adam Big Hill leading with his head on every short yardage play. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I mean, come on. The benefit of being the Canadian mafia, man. Yeah, Yeah, that's the problem, though. I mean, they're getting the benefit of the three Grey Cup appearance doubt the two wins. No, I guess that. Yeah, I just don't think saying look, you're right, 100 right. I just hate the crowd that was saying, "Oh, it's nothing because of other stuff." That's what I don't like. No, no, no. And that's I don't what like I was meaning. Yeah, the what yeah. about isms? No. no, I mean, you know what? We all remember Craig Butler taking uh, Buck Pierce's head off in the one banjo bowl. No call. Yeah. <laughs> just a huge hit. But what about uh, we remember Lawrence, last? Right? Or what was it? Was it last year with Andrew Harris and? Tavon Campbell and everybody pretty much like throwing down. Yeah, the big brawl in the Banjo Bowl last year, the year before. Yeah. So, I mean, like, and again, that one, no calls on it, except for I think Micah Johnson for some reason got thrown out in that one. Uh, but like I said, I mean, you, you get them both ways. And I, I just don't like a team complaining to get a call and at, almost they're begging for a call. Back it's in like the day, you've never met Winnipeg clients. fans, though. What's that? I mean, that's sports fans. Yeah, it's, just, general, it's, yeah, it's like well, you've never seen fans Winnipeg one thing, fans. But with your organization and yeah. head coach and quarterback are doing it, that's a different thing. Yeah. All I, I can get, say I is... The fans. the fans are going to scream for everything. I mean, so far the highest I heard was uh, Robertson for the season, Dickinson for three games, and a $250,000 <laughs> fine. Why? I mean, a couple of ant farms in there, too. Uh, yeah, a couple of ant farms, yeah. exactly. You know, all, all I'll say on that is that I completely forgot what I was going to say on that, actually. Never mind. Yeah. Like, again, I'm Robertson, absolutely. He's got to get a suspension for it. I get it. You can't go up to a hitch up to a guy. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's a vicious player. I don't think he meant to really nail Kalaros and completely knock him, like square in the head and knock him out. I don't think he did knock him out. He just knocked him to the ground. But nevertheless... I don't think Robertson's the player to do that, but when you do stupid things, you get stupid actions and you get stupid results. He deserved a suspension. He got his one game. Move on is what I think. Oh, yeah. now Okay, now I remember what I was going to say. Uh, I can only imagine Simone Lawrence's mentions on Twitter got uh, heavy usage again this week, as it does every time any sort of uh, riders-related suspension. The, the, the sad part is, Ryan, he actually trended in Saskatchewan for a little while again. <laughs> of course. Uh, Adam, before we move on to fantasy picks in this game, I mean, we talk about the Bombers side a little bit. I know you're a big Jake Doll Gala truther. I know uh, Mason Fine is starting to practice again, but Dolagala is still getting the time with the ones, which is quite understandable given the last couple of games. Uh, you, you lived up to the test last week. Uh, what are you expecting out of Dolagala in the rematch here coming into a hostile territory? 
Yeah, and you got to remember also Mason Fine is on the six-game injured list, so he has to get reactivated if he actually is in there. Uh, Jeremy O'Day did add him to the sixth game, and uh, Craig Dickinson bring it, brought it up in his interview today saying, it's not really up to me right now. It's up to uh, J.O. if he wants to bring him in for the uh, uh, early on in sixth game. So, uh, yeah, Mason or, uh, Jake Dolegali had some very nice throws once in a while. He made a little bit of running, which I actually enjoyed. I didn't see him run very much before. Now he's starting to run a little bit. Uh, kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, Taylor Cornelius earlier, what we've seen out of him at one time uh, when he used to take off the ball against Saskatchewan. Yeah, I don't know why any other team he never did, but he did against Saskatchewan. Uh, really, overall, I thought he did a good job managing what was in front of him. He didn't throw any picks. Uh, he made it some good reads, made some good decisions. I just want to see him build on it uh, again. Maybe get that second read out there. I know that they said he was staring down guys once in a while. And you got a guy like Demario Houston on the other side of the football that likes to catch on to that. So he'll be looking at it in the film room. So will Houston. So will uh, uh, so Gala. So it'll be interesting to see what they change up for the game here on Saturday. But um, yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to it. I mean, See Trey cry twice. That would, that would make my day. Every night before bed, man, I let out a good cry. Hard world we live in, so yeah. Especially when you live in Winnipeg. I mean, oh, that's hard to guess. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Love the trash talk, guys. Um, yeah, we'll see what Dolagawa can do. Uh, I'll give him his credit. I've been hard on him, but uh, he delivered when it mattered most uh, in the late game there for the Riders, the last game out. So see what he does again this time. Fantasy players to watch. Unfortunately, Dolagawa does not make my list this week because I do like uh, some of the other options better. Uh, and it's such a this was a hard game to pick fantasy players for because. You could see a scenario where it swings entirely the opposite direction and maybe the game's a blowout. You could see a case where it's close again, you know, where the Bombers suddenly have this letdown at home. Like, anything can happen on Labor Day in the Banjo Bowl. But a couple of players I do like in this game, I mean, Brady Oliveira has been so consistent this year. 20-plus fantasy points in four of his last five games he's averaged just under 15 carries a game in his last six as well and seven touchdowns in his last five games so not only is he getting the volume he's getting the touchdown production that we have not seen from Oliveira uh, until uh, we didn't see it early this season we didn't see it last year and that's a game changer there for him so I think he's a top running back play once again also really like Nick Dembski again at wide receiver as well. Uh, he continues to have pretty solid production there. And like I talked about last week, he always has his best games against Saskatchewan. He did last week too. Eight targets, his highest target share of the season, 118 yards last week for Nick Dembski in that game. He comes in at $1,300 as well. So he is expensive. Uh, but 15 plus fantasy points in what is this two, three, four, five, six of your last seven games? Yeah, that's pretty solid production there from Dembski as well. And on the Riders side, I will throw in Tevin Jones at $12,000 here because he seems to like having big games against the Bombers 21.1 and 14.6 fantasy points in those two games. He also seems to get a large target share on this team with seven or more targets in every game but two of them so far this season. So if Dolagala continues to you know, improve uh, as a passer here and can put up a solid 
day passing there and maybe a couple of touchdowns. I think it's a possibility Jones has himself a solid day as well. So their higher price makes me a little less likely to put these receivers in my lineup, perhaps. Uh, just because, again, I'm, I'm nervous about this manageable matchup with not knowing what direction it will go. Uh, but these are players I think will still have solid days. Uh, Adam, what about you? I've got, uh, well, I was debating between Dolagal and Powell. I think I've switched that out now. It'd definitely be Taylor Powell, uh, just because I think he has a better opportunity to maybe get a few more points. Uh, not saying that uh, Jake Dolagal didn't have a good game for me last time. But uh, the only other player that I've got that you don't have in your list right now is Sean Bain Jr. I do like his option for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, he seems to have a little bit better of a game each time. And I don't know why. He had a decent game last time against Winnipeg. I think that he'll probably have another good game here against Winnipeg in the Banjo Bowl. Uh, other than that, yeah, I've got Nick Dembski right now. I had Brady Oliveira last week. I might pick up Oliveira, but definitely I'm going to pick up Nick Dembski. He's going to look for a big game here next week or this weekend here against the uh, Riders. Trey? I, what's that, Gainer? Oh, yeah, Gainer tells me to take Brady Oliveira. That's, so that's what we got because he knows he's going to run for a boatload through that defense where you're missing a player on the defensive line. <laughs> so. Yeah, that could be a big impact there as well. I Everyone don't think Oliveira. I... What? What smart Alec comment did you have? Me? Yeah. No, he's a big piece. Yeah. He's, he, oh, he's okay. Definitely, uh, <laughs> he definitely could be a big factor. But uh, don't forget, we also have Demarius Christmas right behind him. So if he plays well, it could be an early holiday for the Rough Riders. I was going to say, is he, is he related to Floyd Christmas? Yeah, uh, I think St. Nicholas, some guy. Well, oh. not... Um. Yeah, Oliver, I don't think quite hit a thousand yards on the season last week. I think he came like ten yards short. So we'll see if he can do that uh, in this matchup here again. Um, betting odds for this game, uh, what do we got? Oh, we got. You know, the odd makers—they don't do many things right, but they did this one right. They didn't get all over worried about last week and this and that, and go off the deep end. They still keep uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers at minus eight and a half favorites, over under forty-eight. What's that, Keener? Oh, take the Bombers and the over. Okay, yeah, we're gonna take the Bombers and the over because I'll tell you right now, the Bombers are gonna score forty of that forty-eight right now, and. The Riders can get a touchdown and a rouge. I'm sure your team's capable of that, uh, Adam. Right, so we'll go with that. And um, yeah, we'll go with Adam first, so then he can keep he can make it a tie, and then Ryan can break it. Yep, pretty much because uh, yeah, I've got two uh, other rodents right beside me. There's a black uh, kind of birdie looking thing on this side and this side that are telling me that yeah, don't go with the Bombers. At least go with this week. Last week I picked Saskatchewan. I picked them outright to win. If you all remember that. Yeah, I just thought I'd break that no, one. I, I know. Anyways, uh, I'm not going to go with Saskatchewan to win outright. I'm going to go with them to cover on this one here. But I think it's under eight and a half. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Riders on this one. And I'm going to go with the... Ooh, this is going to be a challenge. Yeah, I'm going to go with the under on this one here. Riders are going to get a little bit more of a pressure here from Winnipeg. Not probably going to score as many points. And... Unless, again, if Oliveira has just a massive day, which he very well could, uh, this game might not be uh, that big of a score. So, yeah, I'll go Saskatchewan the under on this one. 
Brian? Well, I guess we'll make it Homer picks across the board, uh, even though I'm the most, uh, the least biased person on this podcast in general. Um, I am going to take the Bombers, and I think my big reason for that is obviously they're pretty upset about how things went last week, and I wasn't a fan of Buck Pierce's game plan. And whenever he has a bad game plan, he follows it up with some creativity the following week, and I think that's going to be a good thing here for the Bombers. The line makes me nervous, but I don't know. It's something about Winnipeg at home. If they win, if the, if the Bombers win, generally they're able to put a game away in the fourth quarter and run the clock down with, with a solid lead. So I think I'm still, yeah, I'm going to take Winnipeg to cover the spread. Uh, over and under, I think I will take the over on this one. I think it could be another high-scoring game. I just wanted to also mention that the uh, big stat also to remember in this game the Winnipeg Bombers, uh, Blue Bombers are right now 0-2 against third-string quarterbacks. Just thought I'd make sure to mention that. Yeah, what is everybody else's record? Because every team's using their third-string quarterbacks right now, so uh, pretty much, right? Yeah, except for you guys didn't get to play, play Taylor Powell. Some of them are on the backups only. Ah, I would have. I mean, we got to play Bo Levi Mitchell. That's been Taylor. I've I'm glad that we didn't get to. I'm glad we didn't have to play Taylor Powell. So. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> All right, fourth game of the week. It's the Stampeders and the Edmonton Elks rematch of the Battle of Alberta uh, from last week, uh, from this Monday, uh, 7 p.m. Eastern time uh, on Saturday to complete the triple header. I think the big storyline is the ending to last game between these two teams where it seemed like Edmonton was in the driver's seat and they were going to win the Labor Day Classic and they were going to pull ahead of the stamps uh, in the standings. And last minute, here comes Jake Mayer, not looking great in the first half. Real strong fourth quarter to end this one off. Um, Adam, what do you think here? Uh, what's your big storyline in this rematch uh, between both sides here? Well, I think it's going to be if Edmonton can actually uh, recover from that kind of... Let's face it, it's never easy to recover from a loss like that because Edmonton there had the game going for them. They had everything going right. Uh, uh, Dr. Trey Ford there had some uh, movement. He had the, cor uh, the corners, it seemed like. All of a sudden, I think what really happened to that one, Calgary eventually just said, no, okay, you're not getting the corners anymore to run in. And Trey Ford had to stand back and actually try to make some passes. Uh I know our uh, resident Elks fan, Josh, over in our Discord was talking about that quite a bit, that uh, he thought Trey Ford kind of went down after that. But was it Trey Ford or was it the uh, was it the uh, change of the defense? Or I'm not sure what exactly caused it, but I'm sure this week I'm going to be watching for if Jake Mayer maybe has a little more confidence after coming back and winning a game. Uh, he looked like he was getting some more confidence with some of his other receivers that aren't named Reggie Bagleton. Uh, Luther Akanavanu got a few nice catches in that game. Uh, if you took a look at, uh, oh, my brain just went and had a fart. Sorry. Uh, uh, Marka Michelle had a decent game like he's been having for the uh, Calgary Stampeders. Uh, even Marquise Ambles had a few catches and a few receptions in that game. So he's starting to get a little more confident, it seems like, with some of his receivers. Uh is this a trend to continue, or if you're Jake Mayer, do you really need to keep an eye on uh, trying to get your big guys open or just kind of keep this spread around the ball kind of thing working, Trey? 
See, I, I don't. You kind of asked at one point. I wouldn't blame the loss on Trey Ford. I blame, or I, I give credit that Calgary made the. I think coaching won. I think coaching won this one where they made the halftime adjustments. And, you know, <laughs> if you look at the coaching staffs, so I'm going to give a big edge to Calgary over. Uh, Who's that? Who's the head coach in Edmonton again? We never talk about that guy, right? Um, so I, I, I definitely give that to the coaching staff. And even though Mayors knew a lot of that team is still kind of that same mentality of Calgary. They've been there. They've done it. You know, we, they're a franchise to uh, fear where Edmonton, what, they got their first win two weeks ago, <laughs> you know, or something like that. So I, I think, but I think I could see Edmonton winning this one. I could definitely see them coming back and winning this one. And because uh, I don't have faith in Mayor. Mayor's up. Mayor's in that same category where Ryan and I were talking about Fajardo and uh, maybe Trevor Harris, a couple of guys we don't necessarily have faith in. Uh, Ryan, do you have faith in Mayor? I mean, I did come into the year. I put him as my number two quarterback in the CFL, right? Now it's a little more dicey. It's up and down. It's up and down. I think he has the ability to put together big games, and he's kind of, yeah, in that same category that I put Fajardo in, I put Trevor Harrison at times, et cetera, uh, streaky quarterbacks who will, will have one game with 350 yards and then four games under 200, right? And you never really know what you're going to get from Mayer, so that's, yeah, I struggle where to put that in. I still believe in him. Like, he has that potential. He's just got to find the consistency. Uh, in order to get it done. But, uh, you know, Calgary's fallen short a couple of times late game this year, so it's nice to, to see them get one done late. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, over on the Edmonton side of the football, another receiver that's really had woken up in the last few games here has been Stephen Dunbar Jr. Every time I watch an Edmonton Elks game, it seems like he's getting the majority of the passes towards him, which... Uh, really changed up, I guess, right after uh, the, I guess, demotion of uh, Stephen McAdoo. So, yeah, that's one thing I've seen over on the Edmonton side of the football. But I think on the Edmonton side of the football, what it really comes down to is, can this defensive line keep up their uh, really good pace right now? Jake Serezna has had a good uh, little bit of the season here. Uh, in the last little bit has really been sharp. Uh, Ely as well has really come on in the last little bit as well for the Edmonton Elks. Uh, really, what does the defensive line need to do to change things up? Or what did you guys see out of the Edmonton Elks D-line that could give Jake Mayer a little bit of a problem this week? I mean, they've been, they've been making plays happen, right? Like they've, uh, we always knew a Chris Jones defense would be able to get things together eventually, right? Like he, as, as much as we want to talk about his antics, he's a good defensive coach and they find ways to get it done. And that's that pressure on the quarterback. That is a big proponent of that. Um, so I think you got to just keep doing what you're doing. And if your offense can keep producing, like over the long run, like, the Elks in general are going to be better because the defense is going to have less time out there on the field and they're going to get less tired in the second half and, you know, start getting and, and, you know, be able to shut teams down in the second half there as well. Again, you got to make those adjustments that Trey was talking about earlier as well. Um, I do want to touch on the Dunbar thing you mentioned though, because I was looking at the, because I was thinking the same thing as you were that, you know, he has been an integral part of the offense and I was wondering if he's a good fantasy pick this week. I think the reason we think he's so involved is because he's got four touchdowns in his last three games. Two of his last three games, he had two touchdowns each. 
but he's only actually had four targets a game in his past three games. So, I mean, Trey Ford doesn't throw the ball a whole ton in general. Uh, it just happens to be when they're near the goal line that he's looking in Dunbar's direction, or Kyron Moore is looking in his direction due to wacky trick plays. Um, yeah, so that's kind of my thoughts on, on the Elks defense uh, and Dunbar. Anything on either of those for you, Trey? I I hit a wall. I got to be up in a <laughs> pretty early for school tomorrow. So I'm sorry, guys. Um, yeah, no, you're. Yeah, I agree with what you guys said. We'll go with that. All right, sounds good. No problem at all. I'll just quickly. Run. Oh, good. Kick him out. Get rid of him. I think Adam's having connection issues uh, a little bit. Keeps hopping. Yeah, my... oh, there he is oh again. it's because I'm on my cell phone and I'm trying to look up stats and a few other things while I'm talking. Sorry. No bueno. Uh, biggest injury report that I could tell you about for guys that are interesting. Uh, I'll give you one for each of the teams. Diedrich Mills is limited in practice this week so far. Uh, I think it was a foot injury, if I'm not mistaken. I'll have to double check that one. But uh, the one, though, that's also interesting is over on the Edmonton side of the football. I just talked about the D-line, and I see A.C. Leonard did not practice today. So that's a big loss for the Edmonton Elks if he doesn't play. Uh, neck injury, apparently, of some sort. Uh be very interesting to see how that one goes. I also see Luchez Purifoy was in the limited part of practice for today. Uh, we'll see where that goes uh, as the week develops. But, uh, yeah, the big one on the Edmonton side, I think, would be A.C. Leonard. Yes, some big, big shoes to fill if those guys aren't able to go there as well. And I'm happy you mentioned Diedrich Mills being limited in practice because that makes this even more exciting of a potential fantasy play this week if we want to, if we want to get there next. Kadeem Carey, last year's top running back in the CFL, facing the Elks defense that gives up by far the most to opposing running backs at 17.7 points per game. Kadeem Carey is just $6,700 in CFL fantasy this week. Uh, super cheap. Now he's super cheap because he's been splitting the workload with Diedrich Mills the past couple of weeks. Uh, I mean, last game, carry had, in, in the three games since back from injury, he's had seven, ten, and nine carries in there and two, two, and four targets. So, uh, you know, it's not the full workload, but even then it's a decent workload. And if they're going to drop him in price that much, the matchup's good. Like, Kadeem Carey... He has the talent. We obviously know that. So I think he is a very reasonable value play at running back when there aren't normally that many available. Stick with the value plays and go to wide receiver for Calgary. I like Marquis Thambles at 5,500 there as well. Uh, he's worked his way into a heavy target share for the Stamps offense, seven and 10 targets in his last two games, and 14.6 points for Thambles last week against the Elks. They give up 11.1 on average to left slot backs. It's the the position they give up the most to at wide receiver. Uh, so I think he's another good value play potential there, especially if Jake Mayer can have a game like he did in the second half or in the fourth quarter there. And I mean, Trey Ford at $11,000 is really tempting to put in the lineup every single week because he's fun to watch. It's plain and simple. Like, for all the excitement Dustin Crum brought us in his first few starts, uh, I think Ford has been even more exciting to watch with his running ability. 135 yards rushing for Ford last week against the Stamps, and he's put up 20-plus fantasy points in each of his four starts. 
despite no game over 15 completions and under 200 yards passing in three of his four games. Imagine if Trey Ford wants to become a passer on top of this yet, too. Uh, I think you got to keep uh, strongly consider keep riding the hot hand of Trey Ford. Uh, what about you guys? Any fantasy options in this game for you, Trey? I just have uh, Richie Bagleton. I need another receiver, and yeah, that's where we're going with that. I feel like I play somebody. Do I play Adam again in one league? Yeah, we both play Adam in separate leagues this week. Oh, and I don't want to. I don't want to. You're not allowed to go back and watch this episode, Adam. But I did. <laughs> he was here. He was listening. Oh, right, you were. Oh, never mind. <laughs> I'm not editing it out. Um, Adam, what about you? Uh, the only guy I was looking at was Stephen Dunbar Jr., but then you kind of poo-pooed over that idea. So, you know, I, uh, I'm i not really sure of anybody right now in this game that I'm really excited about. Although, if uh, I do see Dietrich Mills hurt, and you're telling me Kadeem Carey is really, really cheap, that's just a no-brainer. I got to take that one for sure. So, and, and honestly, I'm probably I, I'm strongly considering taking him, even if I even if Mills isn't injured. The only thing is, I like a lot of cheaper priced wide receivers and or quarterback, and guys like Oliveira and Butler at their higher prices are pretty tempting at running back. So that could steer me away. So, from so I got so I got to ask them why not. Uh... Jareth Stern this week, uh, Brian, because I did notice he was off your roster. Yeah, I didn't put him in there this week because his price has gone up was the big thing. I think he's like 6500 bucks now, so you're looking about nine fantasy points from him. And, you know, he, he's kind of towed the line a little bit in the last couple of weeks, but he's not the automatic lock-it-in, only good value play available, uh, so to say, right? So... Uh, that was the reason I switched up and did not have him in the list this week. I think I liked some other values better. Um, but I think if he gets enough targets, he's probably close to value for you. Uh, so maybe maybe an option to look at if you, you need to save some money there. Uh, all right, rematch from last week. Betting odds, what is it this time? Edmonton, even though losing, kind of similar to the Blue Bombers, come into this one as a favorite. Only minus two and a half, though, according to those pesky odd makers. 48 and a half is the over-under. I'm going to go with Edmonton. I can't imagine them losing this twice, especially with that line. Um, Is the thing being weird? Anyway, and I will take the under. So, uh, yeah. Um, Adam, what do you got? So when Edmonton wins this one, the Riders are going to be three games above them, uh, above Calgary. That'll be awesome. Oh, wait. That also means Saskatchewan wins. Ah, I'll take it. Anyways, uh, I'm going to go with the Elks in this one, namely because it has been a long, long, long time since I've seen them favored in Commonwealth Stadium. Or, sorry, Rick Field. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to go with the Elks. I, I think that they're going to win this one. Uh, they're going to be annoyed for losing last week and how it went down. Uh, yeah, the Elks and give me the under on this one here because yeah, till the fourth quarter, there wasn't very many points scored. Ryan. Uh, my heart says Edmonton. My head says Calgary. What do I want to go with? Um, you know what? I've always traditionally had a rule of is a, if it's a home and home series, take it to split because that seems more common than not. Edmonton was so close, they fell just short. 
Yeah, I'll ride with you guys and take the Elks to win this one as well. Um, but do I want to take the over? Do I want to take the under? And take the over on it. I feel like we've had so much high-scoring football lately that I'm just tempted to keep taking the over on, on these games. Yeah, no, I, I've been hitting the over a lot, but I feel like we're going to get colder weather, maybe a lot more running and stuff, but we'll see that. I mean, we wouldn't know it. Didn't we not have plus 30 multiple days here the last few weeks? <laughs> exactly. Anyway. Hey, uh, one other one for you, Ryan. Kevin Brown, was there a reason why he was not on the list this week? I mean, he had a pretty good game last week against the Stampeders. Yeah, he had some good rushes last week. I was just looking at Kevin Brown's option as well. I mean, 12 carries, 89 yards, zero targets on the day, zero catches there as well, right? So all of that amounted to 8.9 points, $10,000 running back. Yeah, he's, you know, hovered around that 10-point category. He needs to get you 15 to be worth the price. I, I don't know. I wasn't so... I, I think it's a potentially safe play, but I don't think it's a, a big play necessarily. So I had enough other running backs on the list this week that I don't think I've got my eye on it. We should really, you know, if I had time in my life, um, we should really just do like a, a fantasy mailbag uh, bonus episode or something. And then Adam can just ask me about different players and everybody could ask me about players. Fortunately, I don't have time in my life. Otherwise, I would do that. Um, busy guy. What's going on? I've got all these NFL fantasy drafts I got to do as well. So. <laughs> You're saying that's Ryan's fantasy? Why did we let him back on when he showed up late? I don't have, I don't have control of that. <laughs> yeah, that's my bad. Messed that one up. No, good joke. It's fine. Um, get the fun encounter going again. All right, let's go over to our CFL Fantasy League matchups and results to uh, end this off here before we get to wrapping this thing up. Our uh, draft league, uh, Adam redrafted his whole team last week, and you scored almost four times as many points as your old team did the week before uh 67 points for adam you came in third place uh last week there jake dolegala your leading point score at 14.9 points just a, a you know decently consistent roster pretty much across the board um trey he did beat you by two points um but maybe some comfort for you that keon schaefer baker only gave him three on the week unfortunately that may have been the three that put him over the top to beat you um 65.4 for you chad kelly with the big 20 point day the leader on that one uh what do you any thoughts on your week i just screwed up with my kicker man that's all <laughs> i think that was it and i don't i don't know why i thought he played for montreal because <sighs> I, I i feel like legio had some points this weekend so probably a couple yeah um, Mike finished in third with 106.7 points. Trey Ford, Brady Oliveira, 23-point weeks. Austin Mack, 27.3. Kenny Lawler, Keon Hatcher. I'm so sick of Mike's lineup. I'm sick of Lawler, Hatcher, and Mack, and Oliveira running back every week. Like, I had one of my best weeks yet and put up 109.5 and gained a whopping three points on Mike in the standings. So, uh, yeah, I'm annoyed with him. Uh, 
my yeah, I led the way this week. 29.6 from Vernon Adams, and Adam redrafted an entire team last week and missed this one guy who was my second leading point scorer of the week, Tim White, at 24.9. Very happy with that. Pat face, Adam. You know what, please. I have no comment. (laughs) Uh, Overall standings on the year, Mike still leads the way. I'm about 51 points back. Uh, Trey, 160 or so back there. And Adam, uh, you still got about 130 or 140 just to catch Trey. So uh, keep going. You're making progress. You gained two points on him this week. Uh, I just like when Trey's not looking, going to like eliminate his whole roster, at least have like one week of chance to catch up. But then you'll still only score 17 points and not make much of a dent. So, boom, roasted. Hey, that was old Adam. New Adam, <laughs> you know, double that. New Adam with the goatee, eh? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> new goatee, new attitude. We're going to win this uh, fantasy, yes. All right. We'll no, see if you can make that comeback. Uh, CFL Podcast Fantasy League, the three of us playing against other podcast hosts in that one. I did win the Battle of the Ryans this week. Uh, picked up a win there over Ryan from uh, Go Stamps Go. Uh, Adam, you did beat uh, Andrew from the Turf District by a couple of points there. Good win there for you. Uh, Trey, unfortunately, did fall to Oz from uh, Rouge, White, and Blue this week uh, in the matchups there. Uh, in terms of the overall standings, uh, I'm still holding on to that first place, although a couple people are right on my tail. And you guys are sitting in 9th and 11th right now, so trying to work your way back into that final playoff spot. And one of you is getting a win this week because you are going head-to-head once again. Should I know this awful quiet all of a sudden. I mean... You know, back the last time, I mean, all I heard was all oh. about how Trey's so great and He's going to destroy me and he's going to, to like just, just flat out uh, murder me. So, I mean, I, I am beyond tired. <laughs> beyond tired. I, I picked up working at the bar again. I stayed up till way o- too late over the weekend. I got kids now. I'm just beyond tired, man. I, Adam, no offense, but I have way more important things. <laughs> like, <laughs> so. He's so confident he doesn't even know. He's too tired to even take me on I, a verbal battle. Yeah, I, you know what? I'm changing my strategy. Loudmouth, cocky trade didn't work. Didn't beat <laughs> you. So we're gonna we're gonna play humble. I'm gonna go to church on Sunday. We're gonna be fine. We're good. Yeah, I, I, as long as somebody live streams him going to church, it's that's. Uh, I went at Christmas with my grandma. It's probably the last time I went. So, did I didn't hey I didn't catch on fire man we're good we're good and the wine is delicious so let's go the green rider uh, devil that's underneath didn't try to drag you down with it yeah that's scary a gainer gopher demon oh don't get like that one the bombers posted oh oh that thing was nasty and it had to have those green eyes it just yeah. had to have the green eyes that terrorized rider man. All right, I'm facing Oz from Rouge, White, and Blue in the podcast league this week, so I'll try to avenge you for the week before, Trey. Uh, and if you're not going to trash talk with Adam, I mean, I will this week because we're going head-to-head in the Discord league. Uh, you got to take us both on this week. Adam, you're, you're screwed. Uh, easy win for me. Looking forward to that. Uh, hey, remember where the save button is, okay? 
Oh yeah, don't worry. I know where it is. I mean, yeah, you've heard that. Just right beside where Mike's beating you right now in the Discord league. He's beating you as well. Yeah, you know, uh, playoff spots are a thing. You might want to consider uh, going for one. Um, Playoffs. Playoffs. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Last week's matchups. I won a close one over Extreme eighty eight. Adam, you did fall to Josh. Adam is one of the top teams in the league, and uh, Trey, you did lose to Mike, unfortunately. So, uh, you know, Mike got his big week last week thanks to Trey Ford in the late game. Uh, this week, Adam and I go head to head. Mike takes on uh, FM fan Trey. You take on Josh M. So tough matchups uh, for everybody but me this week uh, because because <laughs> I got to face the ninth place team, Adam Stewart. I like when Ryan brings out his little attitude. Like he's got, he's good. <laughs> it's good. He's usually so quiet in the corner. He keeps us on the rails, and then when he wants to talk smack, he can. Oh yeah, I still remember 1997 when Chris Walby went and said. The team that comes out here for the Great Cup, all co- uh, confident and screaming and yelling, are probably going to lose. Easy. Half the in podcast wasn't even born in '97. Relax, Adam. <laughs> Pretty sure the entire podcast was born before then. But wow, but I mean, barely. So barely, I was learning how to walk with the time you're talking about, man. I remember it. Hey, like I it was got yesterday. to see. So far, I've got to see the majority of Saskatchewan Rough Rider Great Cups. Well, I mean, three over what two hundred years? He's bound to see most of them. <laughs> move on. <laughs> hey, all that matters is the one and seven. That's all I yeah. can say. One and oh in that one. You hold on to your one year for, until the drought ends, sixty years from now. Also, that Kahari Jones was injured because otherwise we would have been destroyed. But nevertheless, yeah. you you hold on to whatever lets you sleep at night. Um, that's all I can say on that one. Pick your right. pick your one game and, and enjoy it forever. Hey, as long as it's not 09, that's all I know. That's the only penalty call my girlfriend knows. I love it. Well, actually, no, she's learned more, but that was the first one she learned. That's an easy one. Wish I could throw the objectionable conduct call right now. Hey, they're looking for more refs. Right? They're all moving to the command center, so maybe you should apply. But, I mean, Al Bradbury right now is the head referee in there. I mean, does that need to be explained any further? Actually, could you imagine the four of us being a crew? That'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's headline, our head judge, head referee, Mike. Oh, yeah. Dibs, on whichever, dibs on whichever spot involves the least running. Yeah, give me and Adam the sidelines. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, guys, you guys can run up and down. Put us on the chain crew. <laughs> oh, yeah. Give give me the – oh, no. Give me whatever one p- calls pass interference or rough and stuff like that. I'll just <laughs> – Anyway. All right. Let's get into wrapping things up here tonight. Uh, and there it is. Uh, we'll be back again, uh, next week, same time, same place, week 15 preview. We'll do all the same fun things. So look forward to that. And I believe we'll have a special guest joining us for that as well. Adam, you want to tell us about it? Yeah, we got another rider fan coming to join me because, you know, we never have enough of those around here. Uh, so coach Coach Phil, uh, he is a gentleman out of Washington state. 
he came up to the last game here uh, during the Labor Day Classic here against the Rough Riders and the Blue Bombers. Kind of a good advocate of the CFL uh, in the America, in the USA side of things. And uh, he wanted to join us and talk about his fandom and everything. So, uh, yeah, he'll be joining us next week. Make sure you tune in for that one because that'll be huge. Unless we still have the rule about only one Rider fan per episode. In that case, I get another buy. Well, I mean, you'll be a game time decision no matter what, right? So uh, we'll see. But to be fair, that's the life of a farmer. Uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, meeting, chatting with Coach Phil. Uh, if you're on CFL Twitter, you, you've seen him everywhere uh, lately. Great YouTube content that he's got uh, going on there as well. So uh, do we have a Twitter handle uh, for people I who want to I just check followed him too because I never even knew about this guy. And he just literally popped up on my Twitter today. So that's weird how it happened. Uh, where yeah, is he? Uh, Coach Phil reacts, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. All right. I believe he's also in the Discord community, so looking forward to chatting with him there as well. And uh, yeah, uh, speaking of the Discord, if you want to join that chat alongside with us uh, and other members and fans of the podcast uh, and CFL fans in general, uh, join the Discord community. The link's in the episode description. Uh, lots of fun stuff going on there every single week. Uh, if you want to follow us on social media as well, we're on x.com at uh, CF Countdown Pod on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash CF Countdown Pod there as well. I'm on Twitter at Cooper Trooper 42. I really don't tweet much. Uh, Mike's on Twitter at Mike Garrell. He's going to be away for the next probably couple of weeks, at least uh, just busy time of year for him work wise. Um, and Trey has finally found the banjo and brought it out here. So, you know, you got the banjo bowl coming up this weekend, but what else you got going on these days? Trey, where can people find you? Not a damn thing. No, I do. Yeah, you can find me on the X at Trey Harness Link. Ah, yeah, horse racing season. You think it's going to get cold, but it they still somehow like to run. So it's always busy. NFL season, I'm always beyond. UFC this weekend's a gooder in Australia, so I'm sure I'll tweet about that. And, uh, you know, I'm not very good at playing the banjo, just like the Rough Riders in football. So, <laughs> so yeah, here we go. And you can find me at Adam Stewart One, uh, mostly ignoring Trey's terrible jokes about the banjo bowl. Uh, to be fair, the premier of Saskatchewan did that one first years ago. I just stole it. Yeah, I think it was in 07 also, which is awesome. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, you can find me at Adam Stewart 1. I'll probably be trash-talking uh, Bomber fans for a little bit this weekend because, you know, it's kind of the rules of Saskatchewan. If you don't, you're kind of kicked out of the province. Uh, but, yeah, I'll have lots more combining stuff and photos and harvests and all that good stuff either at Adam Stewart 1 or you can also check me out, I guess, on Instagram where I mostly am. Uh, at Farmer in Sask. Hold up. People want to live in Saskatchewan? Well, you know, the other option was peace, or was Manitoba. So, I mean, it couldn't get much worse for the key of Saskatchewan. Yeah, when we, when, we call, when we came over, or when people colonized here, screw this place. We're going farther west. <laughs> I mean, we're not ones to talk. I, I often hear the saying, I'm from Winnipeg. What's your excuse So for why you're here? So. I was bored here. What's your excuse uh, for not leaving? Uh, I don't know. Uh, see, I grew up close to the Simpsons I guess. episode, also. What's that, Adam? That was definitely on a Simpsons episode that Ryan's never watched. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, that's it. Back to Winnipeg. <laughs> 
the number of references I find Winnipeg has on TV in general is crazy. Like, I don't know. I didn't even know, you know, most film or TV companies knew we existed. Well, uh, there's actually a lot of animation students coming from here. Okay. Or something. So I think they get in there somehow. Yeah. Well, you know, like like they said last week, they're worried about the smoke and everything in Saskatchewan. But uh, luckily, Winnipeg sucked enough that uh, you know we ended up that uh, we won that game. So yeah, all good. Yeah, whatever. I'd say bring that smoke to Winnipeg this week, but please don't. Uh, don't bring the smoke. But uh, Adam, you coming? You, you got to get on the road, man. You got to get here for Saturday. You coming to Banjo Bowl? I would love to. I don't know if it's going to happen yet. We're going to try, but we're going to see what happens here probably by tomorrow and see how we do for harvest. And if we get somewhere down the road, who knows? Maybe. <laughs> All right. Well, fingers crossed. And if you get here in time, you can, uh, I, I'm not fully agreeing to this, but you can sleep on my couch so I can change your fantasy lineup. Uh, take your phone and change your fantasy lineup. Uh, at the last minute, no. You realize by the time you get a hold of my phone, it'll be way too late, but okay. <laughs> I don't actually need dirty tricks to beat you. I was just making a joke. Um, okay, I think this has gone long enough. Uh, what else is there left to do besides uh, mention whatever podcast platform you're listening on? We appreciate it if you do all the fun things, such as like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, share the show with your friends. Help us grow the show. We always appreciate that. Uh, Trey, you want to play us out on the banjo there? I was going to say, yeah, we're the number one uh, podcast for kids, it sounds like, too, right? So keep that up. We don't want to get taken off of YouTube for copyright, so yeah, let's send it. All right. On behalf of Trey and Adam, I'm Ryan saying thank you for listening. Take care. Have a good one. Bye. <laughs>